developing countries are uh, among the innocent victims of this crisis. Uh, they are being hit very badly and much worse than the United States. Uh, the magnitudes of the declines of exports have been un unprecedented. Uh, some countries have had 25, 30, 40 percent declines in exports. And so, you know, they, they, we, we, the countries that were doing very well on the basis of export-led growth have really suffered a great deal. Uh, international banks that were lending have said, we have to pull back our lending because if we're going to lend, we better lend at home because we're being bailed out by our governments and they're going to be really angry if we don't lend at home. So there's a pullback of lending. They're affected in absolutely, uh, they're affected by reductions in remittances. So the downturn, in, even in the countries that manage their policies, much better than the United States. And let me just, uh, as, a, as a, a footnote, uh, add, there are several countries where their central bankers were just much better than the United States, uh, or the UK for that matter, just not to pick out the United States. Uh, India central bank governor, uh, Malaysia central bank governor, didn't succumb to the kinds of mistakes that uh, we in the United States did uh, or in the UK. And they saw the, the dangers of the credit default swaps, of the derivatives, they saw the dangers of all the things that we, you know, that we didn't see the dangers and they didn't allow it. Uh, and the point is that even these countries are being badly affected. Well, we had a problem in the financial sector that eventually became a, a problem in our real sector. They had a problem in the real sector that's now becoming a problem in the financial sector. Because the economy gets weak, even a prudent bank is eventually going to have problems because the firms can't repay their loans. Um, now, one of the one of the sad aspects of this is the way the U.S. Ha has responded in the international community, uh, more generally, uh, they've not responded uh, with uh, very much help. And uh, the United States is, is, is particularly uh, not taking uh, much responsibility for the global crisis that began in America and has a U.S. Made in USA label on it. Uh, we uh, exported just to, I don't know, you know these toxic mortgages. Uh, we exported uh, about half of them abroad. Do you imagine how bad our crisis is now? If we hadn't exported these toxic mortgages, the crisis in the United States would be that much worse. Uh, but we also exported a lot of our deregulatory policies that allowed them or forced them, allowed them to sell, to, to, to allowed us to sell these toxic mortgages in these countries. So uh, 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 there is a, a certain sense of responsibilities for, I think we ought to have, for this global crisis. And we, uh, our Congress has been very reluctant to provide, much more reluctant than Japan, for instance, that has no responsibility at all uh, for providing money for international assistance. Um, and the international community as a whole has not come up with, with much help for the poorest countries. Uh, and the result of that is there, there will be a significant increase in poverty and a lot of the progress in the reduction of poverty that's occurred in, in the last uh, uh, decade, 15 years, uh, will, will be lost. Um, and final uh, point, 
uh, one of the big issues around the world is a debate about uh, what kind of uh, economy, uh, economic system, do they want? Um, there used to be a, you know, a view of what were good institutions and good uh, firms, good, good models to follow. Everybody thought the U.S. was a good model. We were very successful. Uh, that view is now being questioned. And they don't know what models uh, to, to follow. But there is uh, you know, something that, that one has to ask about the global economic model uh, in, in the current context. Uh, a number of the talks uh, have uh, mentioned the huge needs that we have in the world, particularly needs for retrofitting the world for global warming, the needs of global poverty. So we, it's clear that there are huge needs that we have. And yet, we're facing a world with excess capacity, uh, with people who want jobs that are not working. Somehow, an economic system that we're in a world with such needs that isn't able to mobilize the resources that want to work and that could be used to meet these, there's something wrong. And I think one of the challenges is to try to, to reconfigure the system so that those resources that want to work can be used for the more constructive purposes uh, that, and the challenges that, that the whole world faces going forward. First, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on restructuring the incentive system on Wall Street. It seems that a lot of bankers have, have forgotten the concept of a going concern and are focused mainly on you know, quarterly earnings and what the street's gonna, how a street's going to evaluate your company um, on a quarterly basis. Do you see that restructuring of an incentive system being a market-based solution or something that the government's going to have to enforce? And, and how, would that, how would that sort of work in your mind? Uh, second, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the role, the sort of unprecedented role, or maybe since the, maybe unprecedented since FDR, but hasn't happened in a long time, role of the federal government in this crisis, specifically the Paulson-Jamie Diamond bailing out Bear the argument between $2, $10 a share, and whether you think that the government is sort of overstepped here and, and whether we're on a sort of a slippery slope. And then last, I promised, if you'd be willing, um, it, I, I just graduated from business school a couple weeks ago, and I can tell you that very much on the minds of a number of students right now is this uh, lack of ethics that we see in some of the business leaders a generation ahead of us. Um, do you share that concern? And if you do, uh, what, uh, what kind of recommendations would you make for management education today such that the next generation you know, doesn't make some of the same mistakes as, as some of the sure. folks we've seen? Yeah, those were all three, three good questions. Let, let me try to go do, deal with them very briefly. But, but I'll, let me begin with the last one. Um, in a way, uh, the economics profession has a lot of responsibility uh, for the crisis and many of its dimensions, for the deregulatory. They provided the theories behind deregulation that gave sort of sucker to the, the interest. There were a lot of interest for deregulation, but you use arguments in, 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 in this, and they gave them a lot of the arguments. Well, Adam Smith's theory that the invisible hand leagues, uh, you know, the uh, pursuit of self-interest leagues as if but an invisible hand to the well-being of society, which is a, a mantra that, uh, very influential, is uh, a mantra that says your only sin is not to be self-interested. Uh, because if you pursue your self-interest, that will lead to society well-being. 
greed is good is is exactly what we've been teaching our students with those you know without that those words uh, well that theory is wrong and you know I spent a lot of my life trying to explain why it's wrong uh, but there are you know some obvious things what we call externalities uh, what I do has consequences with financial sector did has consequences for the whole world. And that wasn't reflected in the price system. Uh, when we use the air, uh, some people say global warming is the mother of all externalities. Uh, you know, when we consume, it, it, it results in Bangladesh, a third of it Bangladesh being underwater. So there are very strong repercussions to our actions which are not taken into account by our self-interest. And it's very clear the banker's pursuit of greed did not lead to the well-being of our society. I don't see how anybody can believe in Adam Smith, you know, this basic notion. Well, so in business education, I, I, the way I would do it is I would begin with this as a, as a failed doctrine and then try to explain why it is that there are things that you have to worry about. And what are the things you have to worry about most? Uh, and I think there are two things uh, that, that come to me, at least, you know, in, one of them is this notion of externalities that I described. The other one is exploitation. Uh, that uh, when the banks engaged in predatory lending, you're exploiting people who are less powerful and less educated. And that's just wrong. You know? And uh, we've done that over and over again. So, um, uh, uh, so that, that's the first thing. And we have lots of examples. We've been talking about uh, uh, how the pharmaceutical companies, uh, Myriad has been exploiting its control of the human genome that controls breast cancer and not allowing people to take the test that would determine whether they should, uh, how to deal with breast cancer. I mean, it's absolutely, in my mind, outrageous. But, uh, uh, so that, that, that's, the second uh, question was, um, yeah, um, if the government is providing money, it has to exercise responsibility. Uh, a separation of uh, ownership and control doesn't work. That's part of the problem of modern capitalism. But if the government is effectively supplying the money, it has to exercise some responsibility. And the failure to do that was what led to this peculiar thing. We gave money to the banks, and what did they, supposedly, to get them to lend. What did they do with the money? They paid it out as dividends and um, bonuses. We weren't giving money to them to give out bonuses. And you ask the question, bonuses for what? For record losses? Uh, so, but they were doing, let me say, they were doing what was in their self-interest. If you thought, and, and I, I, you know, if you thought there was a good chance that your bank was going to go belly up, you want to get out as much money out of that bank as you could without going to prison as fast as you could. And that's what they did. So they did exactly what they were taught to do in business school. Uh, but uh, it was neither moral, but it was, it was not in the public interest. And we should have, you have to exercise uh, control. And I've been, you know, a little bit concerned about the statement that we say, okay, we're going to give $50 billion to General Motors, but we're not going to exercise any control. Well, you know, General Motors has GMAC. If GMAC en engages in predatory lending like the other banks, I don't feel good as a shareholder. You know, and now I am a shareholder of, we're all shareholders of GM. You know, what do we feel about a Hummer? You know, they finally sold off the Hummer. But if they hadn't sold off the Hummer, 
would we want General Motors to be selling a car that is ruining the environment? I mean, it's symbolic, but, but it's, it's an important symbol. So I think, you know, if it's engaged in other uh, bad labor practices, so my mind, if we provide the money, we, 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 we ought to hold them up to the highest standard, not the, the lowest standards, and reforming, including reform of corporate governance. Now, the first question has to do with uh, incentive structures and, and whether they're going to change. I think um, are there easy, easy changes uh, that would go part of the way, and, uh, for instance, uh, simply not allowing them to have uh, bonuses based on when you're performance. Because when you have a based on when you're performance, you're, you're co encouraging a short-sighted behavior. You know, they, you know, I, I, you know, I, for a while I was worried until the crisis occurred that something was wrong with my theory. Because my theory said we ought to be having a big problem. And it kept going, you know, and, and I felt, you know, quite confident that we had given them incentives to engage in excessive risk-taking. And I thought they were engaging in risk, ex, ex, uh, excessive risk-taking. But people said, well, things are keep, keep going up. Well, uh, I feel vindicated now. <laughs> it's a little bit uh, hard uh, on the rest of society to have my theories uh, verified. Uh, but uh, uh, the, the point is that if we made a longer run, incentives, uh, that would go a long way. We ought to change our tax laws, too. Our tax laws encourage people to go into debt uh, and give a lot of uh, encouragement of making money through capital gains. I mean, again, you can say tax laws reflect our society's values. A worker is taxed at a higher rate than somebody who speculates. Uh, and that, there's something funny about that, uh, you know, or somebody who does entrepreneurship. We, we, we ought to, we ought to you know, uh, uh, at least have them taxed at the same rate. And that would, and, and the most uh, single most important thing, I think, is, is um, uh, uh, a simple change uh, that we fought over uh, is reporting of, of stock options. If you don't outlaw the stock options, which you probably shouldn't, but it, at least allow shareholders to know that there is dilution of share value going on as you issue stock options. The reason that companies like stock option is because nobody understands where the money comes from. And they th think it comes out of nowhere. But, but, but you know, the basic law of conservation of matter is that if you're giving somebody to some th somebody to money, to, it has to come from somewhere. And, and that you know, sort of basic law of conservation of matter is, is what we forgot there. And it's, by the way, the same complaint I have about the bank restructuring. If we had um, played by the ru ordinary rules of capitalism, uh, the bondholders would have taken more responsibility for the consequences and, and the shareholders rather than the taxpayers. And you know, just shifting who's going to pay for the mistakes of the bad lending, and we put more on the taxpayers, and you know, we really suspended the rules of capitalism for for a few months while we were giving a couple trillion dollar giveaway, uh, and we, you know, I, I jokingly say the the uh, the deficit hawks, from especially from Wall Street, went on vacation beginning in September 15th uh, when the bailouts began. 
until uh, just now when they decided that they aren't going to get much more money. And now they come back from their Florida vacation and are begun to talk about the deficit again. But for that period, while the money was going out, uh, no, not a word about deficit uh, from, the, from, from the financial community.